Hi everyone, I'm Lara Fitzgerald Hushek, joined by my co-host Harrison Cooper, and today we're thrilled to have Melissa Vigar, Executive Director of the Brain Injury Society of Toronto, speaking with us. Melissa is a registered social worker who's been working in the field of acquired brain injury since 2001. So today we talk with Melissa about everything from how BIST is helping its members in the time of COVID and adapting its events, and as well as fundraising, as well as Melissa's side projects like gardening and baking. Yeah, it was a great episode. We had a lot of fun, and Melissa indicated that I think her favorite show or a show that she's rewatched during COVID is Parks and Recreation, which prompted a pretty great discussion about miniature horses in reference to Lil Sebastian of Parks and Rec, and there's one who is regularly seen walking around downtown Barrie. Apparently his name is Oreo. And the second horse is Ember, but now we've given away all the spoilers other than the actual substance about the Brain Injury Society of Toronto. So without further ado, here's our chat with Melissa. Melissa, welcome into this episode of Exhibit AOK. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. Awesome. Us too. Can you please describe for our listeners and for ourselves, what is BIST, the Brain Injury Society of Toronto? Uh, yeah, of course. Uh, BIST is a nonprofit organization. Uh, we've been around since 2004. Uh, so we, we do a number of things. We provide a place for folks with brain injury to connect. Uh, we also provide support for caregivers or friends of people with brain injury who also kind of need a place to connect with others. Um, we do do some case management support. So, uh, you know, we're really focused on communities that need some extra support. So we do work with, uh, you know, the transient people who are transient, uh, the homeless population. Um, we have a program right now for uh, victims of intimate partner violence. Um, and then we do a lot of advocacy and awareness uh, work as well. So um, I sit on a committee with the Toronto Police, uh, the Disabilities Consultative Committee. So uh, we really try and push brain injury, which tends to be an invisible disability, uh, to the forefront so that people, there's more awareness around brain injury. So what sort of programs would, um, would the members of BIST be involved with? So pre-COVID, <laughs> so pre-COVID, so we do have a program space. We're at Young and St. Clair uh, in Toronto, and we have a variety of drop-in programs um, as well as support groups. So um, again, pre-COVID, we had a drop-in program every Monday, um, and then we also did a... Um, we have community outings, so we would go to the ROM or to the AGO, uh, go to the movies, things like that, um, and then we run our support groups. We have support groups for, we have a women's support group, we have an adult support group, uh, we have a trauma-informed RAP group, which is the Wellness Recovery Action Plan group, so um, that group ha has a specific structure where you uh, members are taught how to kind of, um, what triggers different symptoms of their brain injury and how they manage it, um, and we also have a men's social drop-in. Uh, so all of our support groups um, are continuing to operate during COVID. We've obviously just moved to an online platform as opposed to having folks in person. Uh, we've also kind of changed our programming a little bit to offer more webinars um, and more chances for people to interact online. Um, for example, we just had our annual picnic, which we would normally have in High Park, uh, but we did a virtual picnic. So uh, we had different members perform. We had a pet talent show, which was very interesting. Um, what was the best talent you saw from the pets? That's 
might call it a talent, but um, Diana has two, as you may know, has two pets at home, a puppy and a a lizard of sorts uh, that she hand feeds. (laughs) Oh, her chihuahua, Princess Leia. Yeah, she's got a lot of outfits. Yes, yes, yes. And Diana hand feeds her. So all of our members watched Diana hand feed her pets, which was awesome. Was that the was that the talent Diana introduced? Like everyone gather around, I'm gonna feed my pet. But was Princess Leia wearing an outfit, like a little hat or something? Don't quote me on it, and I don't want her to get mad at me if I'm wrong, but I don't remember an outfit. Okay. Well, I'm gonna let Diana know that if she was wearing an outfit, it wasn't stand out enough. I mean, it just sounds like <laughs> we'll have to include some photos in the show notes here so that people can see the uh the costumes and, and everything like that. As you were just describing the recent um or the the way that you guys are operating during COVID, I was on your website here, bist.ca backslash event. And yes, there's tons of stuff happening, you know, twice a week, sometimes three times a week, there's stuff. That's amazing. And the fact that you've been able to transition virtually, has that actually maybe increased your membership and, and the participation because it's easier for people to get to, or has it kind of stayed the same? That's a great question. So there's been definite pros and cons of mer- moving to virtual. Uh, the pros, like you mentioned, yes, especially when we first started with the webinars and definitely continuing with the support group, we have found participation increasing um, because we're able to cast a wider net. So, you know, we certainly don't say only people from Toronto can join our <laughs> groups, right? Like if you can access the computer, you can access our groups. Um, so it certainly lifts some restrictions there. And even for some members who, um, maybe struggled with, you know, Toronto's still a big place. So if you're in Etobicoke and you're trying to get to Young and St. Clair for a support group, it can be quite fatiguing. Um, So just giving people the option to doing it at home is something that I think we're going to continue post-COVID because it does allow different people to access our programs. Um, And this is going to lead me to something else. But unfortunately, we do have members who, you know, for different reasons, don't have access to technology. So we were very cognizant of that. And we kind of made a a bit of a list of members that we wanted to make sure we were checking in on and making sure that they were okay, because they weren't necessarily going to be the folks who would join us on a virtual platform. Um, And we actually just got some funding, which is really exciting, uh, to have kind of uh, a, a worker. She acts as a bit of a case manager, but more so to get people connected to technology. So that should... COVID continue and virtual programs continue, they're able to kind of access um, not just us, but medical specialists, et cetera, all the things that have moved virtual have really left the people who can't access technology behind. So we want to make sure we're kind of being, yeah, so we're, we're doing a donation drive right now where we're accepting used cell phones and tablets um, and we're going to purchase SIM cards and, and try to figure out the data so some more members can access our, our program. So it's been a, a bit of both. Pros and, and certainly cons. So if anyone has like a working smartphone, tablet, or computer that they're not using anymore and they're not sure where to recycle it because it's harder to get out now, that maybe they can get in touch with you or any of one from the, the bis.ca webpage and uh, then that, that electronic will have a new home? Yes, yes. Info at bis.ca is our general email. So if anyone, yeah, we will pick it up from wherever you are. We will find you and we will get it. Yeah. Now, um, just in, in case anyone has that sort of technology, I'm assuming it would be best practice for someone to wipe their own phone first. Do you guys take a quick look just to make sure it's empty and there's no data on it before it gets used by someone else? Yeah, good question. Yes. 
yeah, that's part of the new person's job, more techie than I. But yeah, good question. Awesome. So Melissa, when do you find that, you know, members often get involved with BIST? Is it shortly after an injury or is it, you know, later on several years down the line when there's um, less of a hospital-based treatment team in place? Um, so it, it depends. Um, we often have family members reaching out to us kind of right after an injury, kind of looking for some support and direction. Um, but in terms of people coming in and accessing our programs, it tends to be a few years later. Um, what I think one of the things I'd love to see more of is, you know, if, if someone, let's say, has been involved in a motor vehicle accident and now has a treatment team, because um, we don't, we're tiny, we're small but mighty is how I put it. So we don't have um, enough resources to have folks supported by BIST staff when they're in our group. So, you know, we certainly have group facilitators, but we can't provide that kind of one-on-one -on -one support that some folks who have a new brain injury need, right? So, um, in an ideal world, if someone had a treatment team, you know, they could come, and this happens quite a bit at BIST, um, someone will come with a rehab support worker or with their OT, and then gradually that person can back away. So they might first sit in the group with them and then kind of sit outside the door. Um, and of course, depending on the nature of the group, if it's, you know, a support group or it's only members, then the support person can sit outside and, you know, be there as needed. Um, but essentially with the idea being, you know, at some point, if that treatment team dissolves because a file has settled or whatever, they still, you know, know how to get to BIST and we're familiar with them and they can kind of access our program. So that's kind of a, a bit of an ideal situation in that regard. And I'm assuming that if, if a family member is an attendant care provider, um, for instance, if funding has run out um, and, and someone is then having a family member helping them out, would that family member be able to serve the same role as the, the rehab support worker, bring them to sessions and, and help be there as a, a conduit for accessing the programs? Yes, yes, absolutely. So, you know, anybody is welcome, um, especially at our like community meetings or community outings. You know, someone can come with a family member, a friend, a rehab worker, whatever the case is. They're certainly welcome to to join us. Um, like I said, it's only around the support groups where maybe some sensitive information might be discussed that we would have the person, you know, sit outside the door. <laughs> um, but yeah, certainly anybody is welcome. And, and am I correct that BIST is a not-for-profit? We sure are, yes. So I'm wondering, um, how are you guys going about um, drumming up financial support? And um, is there anything going on during COVID? I know that usually there's fundraisers and events, and I'm wondering if there's any way that um, people can get involved in, in giving back to BIST in the current climate. Yeah, so it's been a challenging year for for everybody, um, and we're certainly no different. Um, so BIST typically has two fundraisers in June. So we have our Mix and Mingle, which I know Oatly Bigman very much supports. Um, and we have our golf tournament, which again, <laughs> you guys are always there, so thank you. Um, so unfortunately, both events couldn't happen in June. Uh, we are still holding our golf tournament on September 19th. Um, so that is one of our signature fundraisers. Um, mix the Ming mix and Mingle has gone to Nix the Mix. So that is a virtual event that's going to happen in on September 24th. Uh, we have a world famous chef who's going to be doing a cooking lesson. Um, and we have Carl Dixon, uh, formerly of the Guest Who, who will be our musical guest. Uh, so it will be virtual, but it'll be fun and interactive. Tickets are $50 and you get a full charity tax receipt for your ticket. So it's come on out. It's worth it. And the money goes to a good cause. Um, and that's fundraisers for BIST and Obaya. So we, we split the proceeds. 
Um, and then we have our best 5K, which... Um, Just going to ask you about that. I'm signed up for it. I'm looking at procuring a cape. I think I, you, you have to wear superhero costumes, right? Yes. I might have a spare cape, Harrison. Oh, I knew you would have a spare cape. But I, I should have gone to you first. My sister and brother-in-law, we've gone out for it. And I wore a Batman shirt that is probably shamefully small on me now. Because um, it was a children's Under Armour shirt that shouldn't have happened in the first place. End result is I think I have a spare cape if you uh, follow up with me later. <laughs> I will do that. Um, can you, Melissa, how is it going to be virtual? Can you describe what the, what the process will be? Because I'm not sure that I understand. Yeah, so... Um, and we're all we're all new at this, uh, but basically it's going to take place over two weeks. So starting October second and going through the end of Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, so once you sign up, you should get a an app. Okay. We've been able to increase its notes: a one k, five k, or ten k. So whatever you choose to do, you can start the app when you start running, and then when you finish, it'll send your results to race roster and then your timing will be posted. Um, but we are, this is, this is all coming out. So you guys are getting ahead of the, or a sneak peek of what's going well, we're breaking on. News here this breaking news. Um, yes. Yeah, but we are going to have uh, prizes for best costumes. So get your cape out. So we're going to invite everyone to obviously take pictures, post on social media. Uh, we're also going to try and encourage people to make their root in the shape of a brain or any creative thing that they can. So we'll have prizes for, Best look and root. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so there's going to be a few fun things that we'll be able to throw in that'll make it feel like um, people are still together, even though we're not. I like that. I'm looking forward to the event. And, you know, we have to make the best of the situation. So I, I think that that's good. One thing that have, we've made the best of the situation, I know from your bio that, that you're a big yoga fan. And I think... I last saw you at like the beginning of COVID when we hosted that virtual yoga session together. Yes. Have you been keeping up with that? No. <laughs> <laughs> I think the tone is my favorite, like the yes and the no in the exact same tone. <laughs> yeah. Just got to remain uh, convicted about it. What, uh, have you been doing yoga on your own though? No. No, she said no. Leave her alone, Eris. Oh, you were saying that you were just doing like, like big no. stuff. <laughs> So, Melissa, what have you been doing outside of your work with BIST before Harrison throws you under any more buses? <laughs> well, first of all, thank you for doing the yoga. That was super fun, and you were super brave to leave your camera on for some of it, so thank you. Um, yeah, no, I should be doing yoga, and maybe tonight I'll start. I have started jogging, which is something I've never done before, so that's new gardening like everyone else because there's nothing else to do so who knew i had a garden in my backyard not i and now are, are you going with plants or fruits and vegetables plants just nice buy them in a pot and stick them down it's kind of respectful we just pulled our first cucumber off the plant yesterday and it was delicious oh really yeah i was my wife was like fired up and we ate it and i enjoyed it very much yay congratulations it was a seed and now it's food i like it <laughs> Every farmer is just like, yes, that's how it works. Yeah, but I am not a farmer, so. <laughs> that's very exciting. I was supposed to do a balcony garden this summer. We got as far as like getting a shelf, but we didn't get any pots yet. So uh, suffice it to say that 2020 is not the year I'm going to have my balcony garden. And so other than um, the gardening, Melissa, what, what else have you been up to um, outside of work? If there is an outside of work these days. We've been cooking. 
Um, we've been cooking a lot. So my daughter and I decided we were going to perfect our eggplant Parmesan over COVID. And my waistline would say we did a pretty good job. <laughs> yes. yes. Melissa, I want to just return to something you were talking about earlier. I think we started talking about this before we hit record on this podcast. Is Tell me about what BIST is doing in terms of access to justice and, and getting people um, technologically involved so that they can get to the information that they need from an access to justice perspective. Right. Thank you for asking about that. Um, so we um, are currently... Almost done, uh, but still very much working hard on it. Uh, BIST was very grateful to receive a grant from the Law Foundation of Ontario. Um, and part of the need we recognized at BIST was a, a lot of our members um, were unfortunately getting into trouble, sometimes for little things, um, with the justice system. And there really being um, kind of a misunderstanding of what brain injury is and what it looks like. Um, you know, and sometimes our folks would go through the mental health diversion programs, which are great, but again, not really brain injury kind of specific. Um, so anyways, we, we put in this proposal and, and kind of some back and forth. And, and what we came out with is that we are working on a web-based toolkit is what we're calling it. Um, and we're doing some uh, training sessions around brain injury um, and the justice system. So in essence, we're creating a website uh, that will have one landing page. Um, and then it'll have two different portals on it. So you can go through the side for legal professionals or legal community and the side for the brain injury community. And that side can be for, you know, folks who've had a brain injury or anyone who supports them, whether it be a family member or a service worker, et cetera. Um, the portal for the legal community is going to talk about kind of brain injury 101, right? What, what a brain injury looks like, the symptoms, how to have an accessible meeting. So kind of things to think about if you're meeting with someone who might have a brain injury, like, you know, are the lights too bright? Is the office noisy? Is there a lot of distractions? So we do but some of those um, pieces. We also have a member at BIST who is phenomenal. Um, and he came up with a soothing toolkit. Um, and so it's a little bag of items from Dollarama that anyone can have in their office to kind of present to someone if they're showing signs of stress and anxiety, like really simple things like, you know, stress balls or different scents that can stimulate you or even just popping a mint in your mouth, like things, little tips and tricks. Um, so we have that kind of on the legal community side. It's a little bit more in depth than how I'm describing it. Um, but basically that's what it looks like. Um, and what we're trying to do right now is also just have some downloadable resources. So if you're, you know, think again, simple things like, okay, scheduling the next appointment, making sure there's some kind of checklist. So did you make sure the client has it in their phone? Did they set in a reminder? Do they know how to get there? Like all those things that someone working with a brain injury, someone with a brain injury would take into account, um, but maybe not so much someone who doesn't have experience in that area. That's going to be a fantastic resource. I, uh, I can tell that that's been a project that's been in the works for quite some time, and it's, it's, uh, it's going to be fantastic when it comes out. Did you say what the anticipated release date will be? Uh, so we're, <laughs> I think our first presentation is the first week of October. So, um, and our, our BIST's AGM is at the end of September. So we're hoping that at least we have the framework kind of ready to go for then, and then if we need to tweak it afterwards. And anyone who's listening who has especially good ideas can probably reach out in the meantime. Yes, yes, for sure. We take all input from all experts. <laughs> okay, should we transition to something a little bit lighter? 
Now, at this point, I'm getting a, a reputation, at least with Harrison, for always asking the same question, which is, what sort of guilty pleasures are you indulging in uh, during COVID? So, so to shake it up, um, no, I'm not going to. So is there anything you've been doing, like, just to, just to take your mind off things or just help separate work and home now that you're probably not going out into the office very much? Um, guilt, it's, it has to be a guilty pleasure. I mean, you can also not feel guilty about it at all. You can even use this to brag about being healthy, like with the jogging. But if it's also that you've gotten into taste testing various snacks, I mean, that's <laughs> I've been pairing various beverages with snacks, such as, a, you know, a, a flaming crunchy Cheeto pairs really nicely with a scotch versus um, a mudslide goes fantastic with an Oreo. So that's like a an after hours thing that I'm now into. <laughs> I feel like that should be its own podcast. <laughs> um, so I have been perfecting my cocktails. Um, the weekend activity, my old fashions are, Ooh. yeah, I've upped my game. So that's yes. Um, but you know, other than that, I think I've rewatched parks and rec twice. Oh, such a good show. Such a good show. Yes. So, okay, this is so obscure reference. Little Sebastian is the funniest. That episode is the funniest one of the entire series. And there is a man who lives in downtown Barrie who has a small horse that he walks around the lake, which like Barrie is built around. It's like, and I always see it, I always take a picture and I send it to my wife. Go, Little Sebastian's here. <laughs> Uh, we have a producer's note, Harrison. There's two small horses walking around the lake in Barrie. Good to know. Good to know. He's Worth the drive to Barrie just for that. That's yeah. awesome. So you watch Parks and Rec. Anything else? Um, and, oh, um, me and my girls uh, have been obsessed, like the rest of the world, with Hamilton. One of my daughters is coming by now. She's like, oh, like. She, like you Hamilton and just perked up. Yeah, she was like, do you want to say hi, Jada? Hello. Hello. <laughs> so that's our other Hamilton fan. <laughs> What's your favorite song from Hamilton? I don't know. I like the opening song. I like the yeah. Hamilton. When we watched it for the first time, we watched it with the subtitles on, and it was really helpful to understand like the intricacy of the lyrics, and, and I like doing that a lot. It's such a good play. Such a good play. So good. Yes, yes, I agree. So those are, those are my guilty pleasures. Perfect. And now, Melissa, as we're winding down the traditional summer vacation uh, schedule, do you guys have, does your family have anything lined up in terms of a staycation or vacation or anything to get away from, from work and home? Yeah, yeah. Actually, we've, we've rented a cottage, so we'll be at Prince Edward County, which will be our first time there, um, nine days from now. So we're looking forward to that. It's been a crazy summer for everybody, so it'll be nice to get away for a bit. Great. Well, Melissa, thank you so much for, for speaking with us today. It was really fun seeing you and, and great to hear a little bit more about what uh, BIST has been up to this year and what is coming in store. So thanks again for taking the time to chat with us. Melissa, thanks again for being here with us. Is there any parting words that you want to share with the podcast world about BIST and, and where they can get involved with you guys? 
Yeah. So again, thank you. This has been uh, ridiculously fun. Um, but yes, you can visit us at www.fist.ca. That has all our contact information and all the different supports and services we provide. Um, you can always just send us an email, info at fist.ca. Uh, we do have a resource and a warm line. So if you just want to chat with somebody, give us a call. It's from noon till four every day, uh, 416-830-1485. Follow us on Twitter at Brain Injury T.O. Um, and don't look at it now, but sometime in the fall, keep an eye out for our uh, ABI Justice website, which is abijustice.org. We look forward to connecting with you guys. Thanks again for being with us, Melissa. Have a great rest of your day and a great vacation in Prince Edward County.